0: Sharon Lynn Wyeth, creator of Namology Science and author of Know the Name, Know the Person. In each weekly show, you're going to hear the fascinating ways other people discovered the genius in them and what they were able to accomplish. At the end of tonight's show, you'll hear clues on how you can recognize your own innate genius. All over the world, people want to know how highly successful people have managed to achieve their genius mindset as they utilize the gifts that science of namology sees in a name. So how does someone express their creative talents? And how does someone share those talents and their gifts in such a way that everybody benefits? Our expert tonight is Jennifer Krebin, who has an amazing track record for her ability to help people change their lives by showing them how to change their handwriting. Jennifer Krebin, founder of Change Your Handwriting, helps people to make changes in their lives. She helps them to have better relationships, more abundance, greater self-confidence, to overcome fear and worry and have more ease. Her work is based on the Vanilla alphabet and looks at how you form the letters and how they block or assist you in reaching your goals. Her offerings include audiovisual courses over the internet, one-on-one coaching, books, and of course, in person. In a recent survey of Jennifer's coaching clients, she received the highest rating from all of her clients on her service and quality. Every client said it met their needs very well to extremely well. Clients describe her as generous, generous, intuitive, and a moving and inspired coach who expands and uplifts consciousness. She's written two books on using the Vimala alphabet, which I have looked at both, Soul Development Through Handwriting, The Waldorf Approach to the Vimala Alphabet, and shares the qualities of each letter and what those sacred forms can say about us. It was originally written for teachers, but that doesn't mean that the rest of us you know, aren't also... Uh, big fans of hers, because we found just as much treasure in her book. Her latest book, How the Letters Dance Me, a guidebook for the Vimala alphabet, includes detailed instructions on each letter and offers the alphabet in traceable, descriptal, and multiple practice formats. What that means is, you know, when we were really young and we had to write our letters and they gave us little dots and everything to do it on and special paper, that's what this does for us. Jennifer combines her education in psychology, training as a life coach, her life wisdom, and keen insight in the alphabet to assist people in overcoming their fears, opening their hearts, and embracing their true self for more joy. She lives in the Sierra Nevadas, where she dances and explores her creativity. Welcome to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You radio show, Jennifer. Well, thank you so much, Sharon. Let's start with what is this Vimala alphabet, and why do we care?
1: Well, that's a great question. The Vimala alphabet was meticulously developed as a as forms of the letters that have a high vibrational quality. I don't know if you've read Daniel Hawkins' book, Power Verse Force, but he really speaks of this vibrational quality of. Um, different objects and these letters all rated very highly Um, so the way we write is just like the way we move it speaks volumes about who we are and and how we feel about ourselves. so the letters in the Vimala alphabet are high forms for us to strive towards so these are the that's what the Vimala alphabet it's a it's like when I was in school I was taught the Palmer method that was the forms of the letters that I was taught and this is just a new alphabet it's a new form Of the letters.
0: You know, I think all of us were taught the Palmer alphabet, (laughs) except for now they don't
1: teach anything. No, and it's really quite sad because if you look at it, when you print, each of the letters stands alone, and it's a kind of independent, but also a little bit um, isolated. And as we look at the world, as I look at the world, and I see these kids these days who spend so much time on the Internet, and what I see is they're very isolated. They're very separate. But when we when we form a cursive writing, no matter what form it is, what those little um, hands, if you will, at the baseline that reach out between one letter and the next letter, that's really a social gesture. And that's what we're not teaching our kids is the social part of handwriting, which is really sad. So how is your approach to
0: teaching the Bamala alphabet different than Vamala's approach?
1: Well, I studied with her for many years, and I'm very grateful for what she taught me. I um, And I have developed my own way of working with her wonderful alphabet. I tell a lot of silly stories. I use images to convey meanings. Um, I tend to make, and these tend to make really a lasting impression. I'm I'm a very compassionate and supportive coach, and I share everything I see in your writing. So if you're really struggling with overcoming your temper, for instance, I will actually show you where that lives in your handwriting and, and give you little exercises and practices to help you take that out. And I've been able to do that with a number of people. Um, I also show you where your writing is holding you back and how this shows up in your life. I'm a very detailed and practical, yet very intuitive coach. So I often reframe people's self-doubts or self-criticisms to keep them inspired and going forward. I share all my insights from my spiritual life and my life knowledge in a really respectful way, and my clients feel very supported and acknowledged.
0: Well, I noticed, Jennifer, that you share a lot of mini-lessons on YouTube.
1: Is there an easy way to find you on YouTube? Yes, it's just uh, Jennifer Krebin, or Change Your Handwriting. Um, and you can also go to my webpage, which is changeyourhandwriting.com. And at the bottom of most of the pages there, I list my four YouTube videos there that talk about the letter D as in David, the letter C as in Charles, B as in boy, and N as in Nancy.
0: Now, before we get into how you pick a letter every year and you write that letter, like I've picked the letter P this year. And so I've been working on my peas. Um, before we get into that, I want to interpret your name because this is the part of the show where we do that. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. Jennifer, your name says that you're absolutely brilliant, that you're a detective. You like to get to the bottom of things. Um, you like to know everybody's background and everybody's story, that you're very organized and very systematic. You have a wonderful memory for that, what you're interested in. When you're not interested, like who cared anyway? That everybody comes and tells you their problems, and perfect for a coach, and that you give them really good advice And you, as you're coming back. Um, and they like to dump their problems on you, and that you also have a sense of humor when you're going about it. Your name also in- indicates empathy, which I think is really wonderful, and that's the one we're going to tell at the end of the show, guys, on where we find that in a name, so you can tell if somebody else has empathy. It also says you have a creative imagination, which makes good for storytelling and teaching, and that you really want the truth and you don't trust people once they don't tell you the truth.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, that you, that's very good. I love what you um, see in my name. And I feel like that does describe me. I have to tell you, I've been reading your book, um, the, what, the first letter of the first name to my coaching clients and just saying like, tell me if you think this is right. And I've had enthusiastic, wholehearted, yes, that's absolutely me. Well, thanks. A lot of
0: research, a lot of years
1: went into that book.
0: Um, so what I want to know is the question that I was going to ask before we got into your name. Okay. Okay. So how do we know when we're, you're picking a letter for the year and you're going to write that letter? How long we want to write that letter? How many times we want to write that letter? And why are you picking the letters you are? Like I picked P P because I decided to take Vimala's intro class, and she said, do pee. But, I mean, and I just Mm -hmm. followed directions. But how are you picking the letters, and how important is it to pick a letter
1: for the year? Well, I think it's very helpful to pick a letter and really stick with it um, for the years. It's a great way to go about it. Picking the letters is a little bit of an art, and it's a little bit of a science. There's oftentimes a year that we ask all of our students, you know, a a letter we ask all of our students to practice for the year. But when it comes to individual people picking letters that they think they need to work on, my experience has been that that's a pretty tricky proposition. It's like if we have a blind spot to... Things that we're not really taking hold of and really harnessing in our lives, it that transfers to when we're working with the letters. So we just don't see the letter that has the biggest opportunity for us. When I'm working with a person one-on-one as a coaching client, what I do is I select um, letters that are based on which are forms that are challenging for them.
0: Interesting. So just because we have just a few seconds left before we go to break – I'm just curious because in the Vimala alphabet, the one letter that I am still struggling with is writing the O going forwards instead of going backwards. Now, audience, just so you know, listeners, this is important. We've been taught in the Palmer that we go, we start at the top at 12 o'clock and then we go left towards six o'clock. We come back to 12 o'clock and then we take it off to the right. Okay, in the Vimala alphabet and how you write it, is you start at the 12 o'clock, but you go forward, like you're going from one, two, three, and to the right in that direction, coming around the clock, and then you go forward. So what is the difference? Does that actually mean going left versus right in about 20 seconds?
1: (laughs) Okay. When you look at a piece of paper, the left side is the past and the right is the future. And so by making forming the o in a clockwise manner you're actually ending the letter and moving the whole letter in the direction of the future not the past
0: wonderful we need to take a break you're listening to know the name know the genius in you with sharon lynn wyeth on the x zone broadcast network xzbn.net this show can also be heard on knowthename.com. and stay tuned we'll be right back Welcome back. I'm Sharon Lynn Wyeth and you're listening to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You, which is being heard on xzbn.net and knowthename.com. Our guest tonight is handwriting expert Jennifer Krebin, and she spells her last name C-R-E-B-B-I-N and those B's make her very competitive and very good at what she's doing. Her website is changeyourhandwriting.com. Jennifer is generously offering a free consultation to see if this process with with her is appropriate for you. Now, she's not going to analyze your handwriting during that consultation, but she's going to talk to you about your goals and if changing your handwriting can help, okay, and how it can help and what you could expect. So I have a question before we get into this second group, and that is, if having a daily writing habit can that change your life? I mean, I have a, fr- a bunch of friends that get up every morning at four o'clock in the morning, God bless them, and they write their letters and they write their pages and they're writing for about 20 minutes to half an hour and then they go back to bed. So what is that all
1: about and how does that help us? Well, uh, I'm not one of those people who gets up at four o'clock in the morning, but many people do. Um, there's a many different elements to why this Practice can be so powerful. One, of course, is that we're focusing on making our forming our letters in a way that has a very high vibrational quality. The other is that it's almost a meditation when we're we're doing our writing. So we're clearing our mind and we're creating a safe and quiet place inside of our mind. But also, just the forms of the letters themselves can be very powerful to work with. And so, for instance. just the letter B, because you mentioned that. The letter B is can be very competitive, but it can also be transformed into a letter that really creates a win-win in the world. And the B at its highest form, the shape of the letter B at its highest form, really when it's balanced between that what I deliver is greater than what I receive back, that's when the world is functioning very well for all of us. And that's the form of the letter B.
0: Now, what I've noticed is because I've had people that have really studied with you and or Vimala in my classes, I've noticed that when they tell me what a letter means, it's like that's what they're creating in their life per the Vimala alphabet as they're writing the letter. But it doesn't always translate into what that letter means as a personality trait in their name. So it's like two different ways. Like, I want to create this in my life. Then you pick the definition that Vimala came up with. But if I'm interpreting it from a name, it can mean something totally different.
1: Well, you know, it's yes and no. I found that what I, how I speak about the letters is actually quite congruent with how, what you're saying about the um, soul mission of the letter um, in someone's name. So I'm finding a lot of continuity. I find that what you do have done with each of the letters, you've gone into a lot more detail. Um, it's much more elaborate and comprehensive. I think that the way that Vimala teaches the alphabet is, um, it can be little sound bites, um, but there's much, the letters are much richer than that. And I have yet to come up with a conflict between w- the way I work the letters and what you've said in the book that I have. So... Yeah.
0: Um, see, that's good to hear because I only took the intro class. Yeah. You
3: know,
0: but, I, but I'm dutifully writing my letters to see, you know, how this works and to test it. Because um, I've seen it make differences in my friend's life, which is what led me to this in the first place. Jennifer, what changes have you personally experienced from this work?
1: Well, my life has entirely changed. I was... Um, very afraid to be seen by the world when I first started this work. And I was drowning in a marriage that has now ended and and is now a f- warm friendship. Um, my relationships are much richer and very fulfilling. I was completely frozen in my creativity. and In fact, I wrote my F as a f- that spoke of my frozen creativity and it's in my name. Um, And now I paint, I've designed and built my own home. I've landscaped my yard with native plants. I've written two books. I regularly make flower mandalas with my friends, Um, everyone. Sees the changes, sees that I've changed. It's just, I, there's not really words enough to describe all the ways that I've changed. I'm a really, really different person and I'm so much happier and I'm so much more focused on bringing love and compassion into the world.
0: You know, you, I am so happy for you, but that's what I've been seeing my friends too. That's what got me interested. Um, you managed, Jennifer, to get the Vimala alphabet into the Waldorf schools how did you do
1: that? Well, it, I have a great love of Waldorf education. I sent all three of my children through the Waldorf schools and it just really made my heart sing. Uh, it just, I feel very congruent with that. And then I met the Vimla alphabet and I felt that same congruence with the, the Vimla alphabet. And I saw the difference and similarities, how they worked could work together. And so the i wrote a book on the my first book soul development through handwriting and this was really specifically aimed at the waldorf market and um in the process of writing it steiner books the publishing company for that whole um school of philosophy of of living and teaching um actually asked me if they could publish my book so uh that was 11 years ago, and they're still publishing it in their catalog each year when they publish all the books that they are selling. So it has made inroads and um, it's not the Vim, the Vimla alphabet isn't Waldorf or Waldorf isn't the Vimla alphabet. but I, I saw these two things come together. I saw them as woven together in my mind. So I wrote this book to like bring that marriage to you know into reality.
0: Now, it's off topic, so as quick, as short as possible, would you clarify for listeners who don't know about Waldorf schools what Waldorf schools are and how they're different from regular schools?
1: Of course. Waldorf schools is the fastest growing private school movement in the United States their schools all over the world it was started in Germany and it really as a basis they really teach the ed- they educate the child their hands their heart and their head it's a whole education the kids learn crafts and arts and singing and play musical instrument it's a very well-rounded education you know i read that that one of the
0: things that they do in the waldorf schools is that they have a child with their finger write the letters on another child's back.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, that's true. They do that. There's lots, there's so many beautiful things that are done in the Waldorf School. And really, the main thing that the Waldorf Education strives to do is to stimulate a love of learning in the children. So if they just accomplish that, they've done a fabulous job. But the other thing that I really like is that, in my own words, and I've never heard a Waldorf teacher say this, but the Waldorf education teaches the children to respect the world that is seen and unseen. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I think that's extremely valuable.
0: You know, I think it's more than valuable because we are affected by unseen. I mean, I just look at the wind. I cannot visually see the wind, but I can certainly feel the wind and I know the wind has an effect on me. So there's got to be lots of other things in our world that are also like that, because if the wind can do it, I'm sure other things can too.
1: Well, if you even just look at the science, our, our hearing is very limited um, to a certain spectrum, you know, a certain range. Our, our sight is very limited. We can only see very few things. Um, we know that our senses are very small um, receptors of the energy that's around us. So we should be open, in my opinion, to the, the unseen world because there's probably more unseen than there is that we can perceive through our five senses.
0: Getting back to handwriting, Jennifer, what are the strokes that indicate you're a people pleaser?
1: (laughs) It's a great question. You're practicing the letter P, and that's a lot where we can find that. Um, The letter P often has um, strokes in it that it's a way that you form it. So let me see if I can find the words quickly. Um, Sometimes there you put instead of forming the p with a straight line to begin with you put loops in it and it's a loopy kind of way of forming it that um, shows people pleasing Um, often the instead of having a one straight line and then a backward c-shape for the completion of the p that backward c-shape won't actually touch the p it'll be open um, so it, it connects at the top, maybe, but not at the bottom, both in the uppercase and the lowercase. These are some of the places where you could see this. Everyone does it a little different, but those are kind of the general broad strokes.
0: Thank you. I asked that because a lot of people that come to me, I see people pleasing in their names. So I was uh-huh. just curious. Um, what are we saying when we cross out our errors when we're writing, like I'm writing and I make a mistake? And I, I always taught my kids, possibly incorrectly, but I said, oh, just scratch it out one line through it and then continue. And they go, no, mom, we have to start all over again. And I think, ah, just
1: write a line through it and keep going. <laughs> so what does that mean? I think, you, Sharon, you have great advice for your kids. <laughs> one, one line says, oops, I didn't mean to do that. Um, and then you just keep going. You know, when the people become um, obsessed with it and they try to block it out so no one can see what was written, that becomes much more problematic than just drawing one line and saying, oops, I didn't mean to do that. We all do that. And how nice for us to be able to catch it in the moment simply put one line through it and go on. I love I love your suggestion.
0: Yeah. You know, I'm, Great. Well, I I'm just efficient. It's like, hey, this is faster than erasing or anything. Anyway, we're going to need to take another break. You're listening to Know the Name, know the genius in you with Sharon Lynn Wyatt on the X X Zone Broadcast Network, xzbn.net, and this show can also be heard on knowthename.com. And this show is dedicated to finding out how handwriting and how we form our letters affects our life. And after the break, we're going to find out more about the specifics of different handwriting strokes. Stay tuned.
2: Broadcast studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, to the world and beyond. You're watching the Exxon Broadcast Network. www.xzbn.net. AVS
3: Media.
2: I am Dr. Carl O'Helvie, founder president by donating at www.HolisticCancerFoundation.com. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the x Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, Remember, 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnick's author of a fascinating book, Amen.
0: Welcome back. I'm Sharon Lynn Wyeth, and you're listening to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You on XZBN.net. Our guest tonight is Jennifer Krebin, C-R-E-B-B-I-N, who can be reached via changeyourhandwriting.com. Okay, Jennifer, I'd like to talk specifics about handwriting. I'd like to give you like one aspect of writing and have you say something about it, like um, prior to going to where I'll give you the next aspect of writing.
1: So let's start with zones. What are zones in handwriting (laughs) and what's
0: important with the zones?
1: Zones are really important. I ha- I have kind of a silly way of talking about it, but I think it conveys it the- very clearly. Zones are like shopping centers. Um, the upper zone is the zone that has to do with our philosophy, our imagination, our inspiration. And when you take a letter into the upper zone, it's like you're going on a shopping spree. You can get anything you want. And so, if you make a tiny little loop or just draw a line, you're not capturing that energy. But if you you make a big loop, you can capture lots of, of that intuition, for instance, or imagination. Um, the middle zone, which is where all the uh, lowercase letters live, at least they start there, um, that is much more the zone of our feeling life and our everyday life. And then the lower zone has the need for movement and change. It has our determination, our willpower, um, our perseverance, all that is in the lower zone. So when we make letters like, for instance, the G, which goes in the lower zone, but we just make a straight line and drop the energy there, we're like, we've been given this free shopping trip and we don't take anything. We just, we don't do anything with it. And how we utilize that energy is to make a good sized loop, a well-formed loop, and then bring that loop back into the middle zone. And that's how we can harness this energy of the different zones. Great. After zones, colors.
0: Like the one thing I got out of Vamela's introductory class was we don't want to write in black. So what difference does a color make and why not black?
1: Well, black is the color of the letter x so we don't really want to always use that Um, colors can be very helpful some people are more attracted to using colors than others I don't write in black but I love to write in blue and write almost everything in blue although I found some really beautiful purple ink too that I love those are my two favorite colors to write in so different people work with colors in different ways it's not a big part of what I do
0: Okay, well, that one I was really curious, because when I was a school teacher, I always asked my kids, we did math, to grade their papers in either green or purple. So, <laughs> Great. so I just thought we had such a, a hard connotation for red, I didn't want any red marks on a paper. Yeah, um, and the
1: expression bled all over the page. Yeah, or something. And then I thought,
0: that way, too, if they're always writing purple and green, then I can grade a paper in any other color but red, and they can see my marks over their marks.
1: Anyway, yeah, um, that's great. Okay, slant. Slant is probably the most important thing in handwriting. And um, the, the slant conveys how open our heart is and how active our mind is. And ideally, we're going to have a mind that is open, but a heart that is op- that's connected to an open heart. Um, the the mind is a great servant, but it's a terrible master. Our heart, in my view of the world, is really where we want to strive to come from. And when we are connected through our heart, we connect through compassion and empathy with the whole world. And we don't feel separate. We don't feel alone. We feel connected as we are truly in life. So slant is something that I work with a lot. And the ideal slant for the upright strokes in handwriting is a five-degree slant to the right, which means that the right-hand side is going to be five, five degrees, the, the, right hand, the top right hand is going to be closer to the right-hand border than the bottom of your writing is. So it's leaning a little bit to the right. Um, I can tell you more about what different slants mean if you'd like, but that's kind of the general picture of slant extremely important you really cannot form a letter correctly until you have the slant done correctly
0: what about if it's just a vertical no slant whatsoever what
1: does that mean well a vertical when you have vertical writing it's very you're very much up in your head which actually is very disconnected from the world um And if you lean it to the left, really what you're saying is that there's so much going on inside of you that you have no space for input coming in. So that's also, it's also not desirable. Those tend to be people who have had some sort of wounding in life and they're really doing their best to recover, but they have a rich inner life, but not maybe so much of a social life. How about really far to the right? I've seen some
0: uh, people that write like the letters are almost laying down.
1: Yes. And that's unfortunate. Those are people who live in their feeling life to such an extent that they tend towards um, gossip. And um, yeah, it's like it's an overactive um, emotional life where they're not really thinking about how they would feel if someone talked about them that way. So it's a little bit unconscious, but certainly very emotional. Yeah. How about the difference between
0: doing angular-like letters versus rounded letters?
1: Well, if you think about it, um, when you try to cuddle up to something that's angled, it's not very comfortable. And the angled writing usually it ta- speaks of an intellectual process. It's a very mind-oriented. I try to teach people to have as many curves as possible the curves are really where you have that feeling that compassion that connection and it's just it makes a softer gentler more lovable easier to connect kind of writing and life yeah and I think most of us want to try to connect want to be connected to feel connected and that's what curved writing will do for you can and can bring into your life What about pressure? Some people
0: write really light and some really dark, and then there's always everybody in between. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I've had some handwriting samples land on my desk where it looked like they were almost going to puncture the um, paper they were writing so hard. And this shows an intensity in life. It's There's a, there's a, an incredible intensity um, wanting to live life fully. So there's really nothing wrong with it, but it's maybe a little type A personality. <laughs> and if they lighten up a little bit, they could have a little bit more fun. When people write really softly, sometimes it can be a couple things. Sometimes it's a, people are trying not to be serious. They don't want people to know who they are. So they're very lightly here on earth, and they're they also write very thready, which means that there's the Line, their writing is like a line with little tiny bumps in it you've probably seen some writing like that's very hard to read um, but it also can be um, someone who's just um, isn't in their physical form they they're still kind of floating around in the ethers they just haven't arrived down here on earth um, which is what our earthly experience is about is actually incarnating coming into flesh and um that's what the i am stroke is in the handwriting which is in a lot of the cap, uppercase letters the p the h the k and it's the stroke that starts at the very top of the upper zone and gathers the gifts that we have from heaven that we've been given in heaven and we bring them all the way down to the baseline to use them and share them here on earth and that shows up in the handwriting with very light writing, like not <laughs> not bringing that stroke all the way to the baseline, not bringing every all the gifts we have to play here in on Earth.
0: Okay, what about spacing? Some people separate their letters a lot, and some cram them together, and then others look really, you know, like there's nice spacing.
1: I have one handwriting sample where it's a um, it's a sentence, but you have to. There's, you, there's no spaces between the words. And those are often people that can be autistic people, but it tends to be people who need people around them all the time. So just like um, wanting people around us, they have they gather the letters really close to them. And on the contrary, people who put very large spaces between their words, then this is, they, they need that space from other people in order to make their lives work. They just need big gaps between them. Sometimes you'll get it. I'll get a writing sample and everything is spaced pretty evenly, and then they write one word and it's very separated from the rest of the sentence. And that's usually a clue as to what's going on with them is that there's something, they're talking about something that they want a little distance from. OK, what about margins? Well, margins are really interesting because as soon as you, you have a piece of blank paper in front of you, and as soon as you take your pen and you touch the paper, you've created a margin. You've created two margins, a left margin and a top margin. The top margin speaks about our relationship to authority. In the days of the kings and queens, we would start writing our letters if when we would write them halfway down the page, giving that deference to the king or the queen. And to write above that was a criminal offense. It was really not okay to do that to right above that halfway mark. Um the, the left margin I've already mentioned is our relationship to the past. So if you're a historian or you collect antiques, then a small left margin would make sense. Uh, but if you're trying to put some past, some distance between you and your past, trying to create some new things in your life, a larger left uh, margin is what you're going to want. The right margin, as I mentioned before, is the future. So we often write into the future and, you know, that can kind of run over to the edge of the page sometimes. Um, so that's about the future. And that's why all of the letters in the Vimla alphabet end heading towards the right. The bottom of the um, the bottom margin actually speaks of our sense of aesthetics, how things look. And sometimes the visual people in our lives will leave these very large margins there. It always makes me kind of giggle because it's just, they're just, how they just put the words on the page speaks volumes about who they are. And they're well, very we concerned. We need to take our
0: last break. So we'll come back and finish this. Stay tuned to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You with Sharon Lynn Wyatt on XZone Broadcast Network on xzbn.net and knowthename.com. After the break, we'll find out what Jennifer Krevin has in her name that has assisted her that you may have in your name as well, as, as well as what page orientation means. Stay tuned.
1: WilliamSPeckham.com.
0: i Sharon Lynn Wyeth, and you're listening to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You. Our guest tonight is handwriting expert Jennifer Kreben, whose website is ChangeYourHandwriting.com. She has a lovely gift for all of us if you just go to her website, and she's got actually two gifts down there. I've only mentioned one of them, so you need to go to find out the nice surprise she's also offering. Okay. She's taken her ability to connect with others to a level where she's able to help people change their lives by simply knowing how to change the handwriting, which changes the neural pathways in the brain. Now, Jennifer, we came to a commercial right as you were
1: still telling us about margins, and you left off starting to tell us about the bottom margin. The bar- bottom margin is just about aesthetics. It's about how we see things, and it's about our relationship to the aesthetic world. It's um, probably the least important of the three margins, but then I might not be the most aesthetic person in the world.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What about page orientation? Um, I know that in the classroom, a lot of times we'll say, fold your paper in half hot dog style or fold it in half hamburger style. What about page orientation? How important is that?
1: It's very important. When we look at the um, the the landscape method, which is what I, landscape direction, which is what I uh, ask people to do. If you, if, when you start writing, you can see that you have a longer time to develop your thoughts and it helps you develop more deeply into the, the things that you're studying. It helps you to work outside the box, think outside the box. Okay. The
0: other thing I noticed is in the Vimola alphabet, oftentimes there's no lines on the page
1: yes when you create a line for someone you're giving them a little bit of a crutch because when a line across the page is our direction or our how how we're moving through life and we want people to create that out of themselves as for small children it makes sense to give them some direction there but as adults we need to create that for ourselves and hence no lines
0: yeah I found that the most challenging when I started. <laughs>
1: Okay, so
0: why do some letters connect to another letter and others don't? Like, um, there's something ab- about like a, a ligature, which I would love for you to describe. And then ligatures don't connect to other letters in a word.
1: Well, when you connect when you connect two letters together, it forms can can form a very powerful connection there. But when you connect them to the other letters around them, it's like um, plugging into a battery and running too many lights. It can drain it a little bit. So ligatures are two letters together that have this special connection. And um, in my name, the the ER is a ligature, and um, the BI is a ligature. So those would stand alone, and I wouldn't connect them to the letters around them. Um, connectivity is probably the top question that I could ask about the vimla alphabet, and there are very few hard and fast rules other than the ligatures, and that's kind of an advanced study anyway. Um, basically, if a letter ends at the baseline, connect it to a letter that begins at the baseline. a um, couple exceptions. One, we never connect the X because that's about inner authority, and that isn't connected to the other letters. Um, the V, which is discernment, is a little bit of a tricky letter to connect to other letters too um but yeah that i hope that answered your question (laughs) yes it did so a ligature
0: do anytime you connect two letters together does it form a ligature or just special cases of letters form a ligature
1: It's, it's just special cases of letters it's just certain letter combinations that we found are extremely powerful
0: okay so, could we have an example for an example? A lot of people have a
1: TH in their name. What would that ligature mean? This has to do, the T is about your work in the world. The H is about you being who, who, truly who you are. When you bring those together, it's about really, it's a powerful connection to being yourself and doing your work. And so that can be a very strong combination. The uh, it, It's a difficult, they're difficult ligatures to make really well so it can be tricky and you really want to have a little bit of guidance when you start connecting the t and the h so that you can form one that's a powerful combination of those two letters
0: now there's a lot of studies that we are literally changing the neural pathways in our brain when we're doing handwriting can you tell us anything about that
1: I met a neurologist um, when I was in, um, last time I was in uh, the Grand Canyon, and she pointed out that even in um, ancient understanding of the body, the thumb and the first finger and the second finger, when they're pressed together, that's the joy mudra. And those are the fingers we press against the pen. And when we press them against the pen and we write, it actually has a bi-directional relationship between the tips of the fingers and the brain. And so we could call it brain writing. And this bidirectional relationship means that when you change things in your life, it shows up as a change in your handwriting. And when you practice new forms, you're actually forming new neural pathways in the brain. So since our
0: schools aren't teaching handwriting anymore and they're just giving them computers right from the get go, what do you see as the consequence of that?
1: Well, it's a it's a sad thing, and it's a little hard to know exactly what's going to happen with what's going to be the outcome of that. Um, but I do encourage people to, um, if they're not going to be doing handwriting, to do things with their fingers, like knitting or handcrafts or working with clay or something that gives that stimulation of the hands and the fingertips. Okay. Yeah.
0: On your website, you have 12 steps to transformation through one's handwriting. Would you give us a few of those? Um,
1: Well... There's um, a lot of different pieces. Like, what, what can I what can I tell you? It's you've asked a lot of the really good questions and a lot of the basic <laughs> steps already. It's really interesting because I talk about angles and curves. I've talked about you. I talk about zones. I talk about the slant of the paper. Um, all these are things that are aren't specific to any of the letters, but are all extremely valuable in in creating change. That doesn't have anything to do with the forms of the letter. And those are really powerful. Just in and of themselves
0: if somebody wanted to start writing and didn't know anything about the vimala alphabet and just picked it up and said okay i want to make those letters or they picked up your book which i really suggest especially the second one that shows you so well how to formulate the books um or formulate those letters um, and they were going to do a daily practice and yet they didn't have a teacher they didn't have instruction
1: what would you uh, guide them to do I would guide them to write the first letter of their name, definitely, and maybe even the first letter of their last name, because those, of course, are going to be letters that you're going to write often if you ever write, assign a check or sign your name on documents. Um, that would be a place that I would start. Um, and then letters that you're attracted to, you're not going to necessarily be attracted to the letter that's going to be so hard and give you so much benefit, but it's, going to give you, it's, a, good, it's a place to start. And then once you start doing it, it becomes so appealing and you love the sensation of the meditative state it creates that you'll want to do more and more letters.
0: Now, you're offering our listeners an incredible gift of a free consultation. What can someone expect from that consultation?
1: What I do during that time is I take thirty minutes to really get to know who you are. I I want to know what what what's motivating you to seek out change. What's motivating you to um, want to have something be different in your life? And also, this the handwriting changing only works if you're really committed to having a certain amount of time every day. Be Devoted to this practice and it needs every day, every day consecutively. It means a regular practice. And so, if someone isn't willing to devote that to them, then I don't think that it, then the handwriting isn't necessarily the tool that's going to work the best for them. But if you're willing to do that, I really enjoy coaching with people. It's just so exciting to uh, speak with my clients and hear the things that are happening and help guide them and show them where the things that they don't like in themselves, that they want to change in themselves, just point out to where the point out to them where it is in their handwriting and help them to remove those obstacles and also where to call in more of the energy that they are interested in, more of the energy that they want in their lives. Show them where that is in the could be in their handwriting. What if somebody would start to practice
0: making a new letter and do it for a while and then revert to the old letter? Is there any negative consequence for going backwards?
1: No, but you know, when I first started writing, the letter T seemed very strange. The lowercase letter T is crossed at the very top. And I didn't like the way it looked to begin with. But I I said, okay, I'm just going to do this and see see what it's like. And you know what, I would never go back to the way I, I wrote it before. Because once I started writing it, crossing at the top, I loved the way it felt. And so I wanted to keep it. So I haven't actually heard of anyone going back to their old forms of writing because these forms feel good to create when you get them right.
0: Jennifer, I want to thank you for being with us tonight. It was absolutely a joy. And this show certainly went quickly. Thank you so much. Okay, everybody, you're going to be surprised and pleased when you go to Jennifer Krebin's website. And it's changeyourhandwriting.com. Now, I promised you at the beginning of the show that I would let you know where empathy came from in her name. And when the second to last letter in the first name is an E, it says that you have empathy for others and you can see things as other people would see them, even when you disagree with them. And so um, Jennifer's name says she excels at taking someone's problems and giving very good advice. So I'd like to throw that out there too. And that is coming from the first E in her name. So depending on the placement of the actual individual letter, it definitely means something different. Do you want to know where your genius lies? I'm Sharon Lynn Wyatt, host of the radio show Know the Name, Know the Genius in You, which can be heard every weekday at various hours right here on xzbn.net radio an X-Zone radio station, and on knowthename.com. Tune in to hear the fascinating ways other people have discovered the genius in themselves each weekday on the broadcast network here. And if you know how to read a person's name or more about your own name and how you can discover your innate genius, please visit the website knowthename.com. Remember, once you know the name, you know all about the real person. This is Sharon Lynn Wyeth signing off.